Hello, hey, and welcome to Ask the Color Expert. My name is Elaine Travis. I am a career hair colorist, independent educator, and author of the book, A Colorful Journey. I'm here every week sharing tips, tricks, and stories that are all things hair color. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Today's special guest is Mariah Villarreal. She is the owner of Pink Pewter, which if you're in the salon industry, you will most likely have heard of Pink Pewter. She is a hairstylist, an author, an influencer, a motivational speaker. I could go on and on to all of the roles that she plays. And we've been introduced recently through the Chicago Beauty Show. So she helps with that as well. So welcome, Mariah. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Thank you. It's such a pleasure. You and I connected. Um, on the phone and we both talk a mile a minute and had a lot to talk about and a lot in common. We're both part of this amazing hair industry um, that we have been in for quite some time and love. I'm currently reading your book. Uh, Mariah's book is The Next Level Mindset. I'm loving it. Um, I read a little bit every night. I'm trying to get back to reading um, more things that make me feel good and bring me joy and not so serious business books. Um, So yours is the perfect combination of both. I'm really enjoying it. Um, And I can, I can feel your passion in, in your writing and, you know, what you're all about and, and bring to this industry. Um, You know, you're, you're the real deal. Um, You are as genuine in person as you, as, as you come across in your, um, brand. So that's refreshing. You know, sometimes not, it's not so much, you know, you meet someone at a hair show and you're like, oh, they weren't at all who I thought they were. So I'm, I'm really impressed by that. Thank you. No, well, I come from nothing. And obviously I worked really, really hard to get where I am. And one thing my mom and dad always taught me is you got to stay grounded, stay grounded. You are the same like everyone no one is better. You are not better. We're all the same. And if you stay humble, you will go a long way. I love that. It's very true. As far as having a lot of balls in the air at all times, I have that personality as well. And it becomes, you know, a chess game of, you know, which which thing do you move forward in which project that you're doing all at one time? I just... Right before we jumped on here, I was watching a live in uh, Growth Day with Brendan Bouchard and he had David Bach on and he was talking about going all in on one thing. And I have this constant battle in myself. I'm driving my husband crazy right now. We're just talking about it right before we jumped in. I'll get so far in one project and it's going really well. And then I'm like, okay, that's going great. Now I want to do this. And there's different schools of thought. You know, some say pick one thing and go all in and just make it so amazing. And the other school of thought is why not? You have the potential to do a lot of things really well. Why not do more? So what is, what is your feeling on that whole Well, subject? ever since I started, you know, being pewter, I stayed grounded to my roots. And I was really passionate about accessories. 
okay? And I wanted hair accessories in particular. And um, little by little, obviously I grew my company and in the middle of it, I, I wanted to branch out to maybe jewelry, right? And I wasn't recognized yet, yet as a brand. And one thing my husband always told me from the beginning, he says, Mariah, he goes, you could do a million things, but you can't be a grasshopper. You got to master one thing and go all the way. Once you master that, then you could do multiple things. And, I, and I'll be honest with you, um, I followed that route for many years, um, many, many years, and I stayed true to, you know, the accessories and, and hair accessories. And um, I got it to be in, but actually I got it sold in over 42 countries. So I think I mastered that. And once you master that, you, then you start hiring, you know, the right people to help you, you know, obviously stay grounded and, and keep that going. But that's when you could start exploring different things, but you can't be a grasshopper and do a million things. You got to master one perfectly and then you start mastering other things. One thing that during my journey of growing Pink Pewter, I, I got to be a, around a lot of people, especially at the hair shows, where they were living haircut to haircut. A lot of stylists would ask me, how did you get to where you're at? And I go, I come from nothing, okay? And um, I would tell them my story of how I started. And I found my passion, my second passion, right? You know, hair accessories were one. And I found the other one of helping people. And I just, you know, I stood and, you know, grounded myself. And I said, honey, I am going to start my new journey. And I'm going to start like guiding people, you know, the right direction. So I didn't have that when I was growing. Nobody helped me grow my business. Nobody did anything. So when I, you know, like I said, I mastered my company. I have employees to help me out with that. But now I mastered another one. And, you know, I always say, focus on what you're passionate about only follow your heart and never do it for the money. Because if you do it for the money, maybe you won't be that lucky. Okay. That it might flop because you're following the money, but if you follow the passion and the drive, guess what? Money follows. It really does. I made a headband popular. Who does that? No, not a lot of people. Right. And helping people, I've mastered that. Also, when I talk to people, I guide them the right direction and people see, you know, and feel if you're talking out of your heart. And I do that. I truly want to help people because I didn't get the help and I failed at a lot of things. I didn't, you know, like I said, I didn't have consultants to help me, you know, get to where I'm at. And um, I did it on my own. And that's my second passion. So my thing is, don't be a grasshopper. Focus on one thing and then you could get on the next row. Yeah, mine, mine is all in one category as far as hair color education, but it's the excitement of, I, I always joke that I have to stop washing my hair because as soon as I get in the shower and water hits that chakra up here, it opens up this Pandora's box of ideas that I cannot stop the flow of. Um, and they just keep coming and coming and coming. And I've simplified my life a lot in the last two years, and I stepped away from being in charge of staff and having a lot of responsibility for a lot of people's lives to just being me. So I now I'm at this crossroads where I have so much passion for helping people as you do, that 
I just keep taking on all these different avenues of being able to do more and more and more, but trying not to have employees and staff and meetings and structure and all the things that I'm, I'm fighting to get away from. So I'm feeling a little all over the place. And, and I know my heart is going to eventually tell me what's most important. Um, and menopause doesn't help. My husband keeps saying, what is with you? You're like really agitated. Um, and I think that this age, you know, I'm 53. So I think once you turn 50, it's kind of like, not the midlife crisis where you need the motorcycle and the boyfriend. It's more like, this is the, the final frontier as far as in your work life. And have you made enough of a difference? And are you proud of what you're leaving behind? And I feel like I have so much left to give that it's like I'm shooting it out of a fire hose full force and just trying to jam it all in. So um, I know you can relate to that because you've, you've done a lot. And, and as someone who helps other people, what would you say is your biggest aha now that you're on the other side of it when you didn't get that help? What do you wish that someone would have helped you with and, and steered you in the right direction with? Well, one thing that when I was obviously growing my business, I, I didn't um, have the right education, right? The right financial advisors um, to help me obviously keep the money that was growing. Um, and I learned by a lot of mistakes, right? And um, one thing is education is really important in order I don't care if you're a booth renter, you own a salon, you have to get an advisor for your business or, or talk to someone that has years of experience, not you know a couple of years of, oh my God, they're so cool. No, years of experience. And um, if you listen to that path of what they're gonna give you, you will definitely have your business um, done the right way. Um, I, one thing that I always advise people, um, one thing is QuickBooks. QuickBooks is really good for your business. Um, even uh, in personal, there's a mint, you know, that you, you download and you budget yourself. You budget yourself, you organize and every month you print it out and you compare it to every month. And so, something <laughs> for a business, uh, for anyone in business, I think that's really important. And ever since I got it, I got my business to a different level. I deducted things that, you know, I didn't need. I added things that were working and everything's there. If you look at it, you're going to, to be like, wow, this is so cool. So I would download that QuickBooks right now. And I would definitely put everything um, in, that you spent in there. And you'll see in six months, you're going to say, Mariah, you are the best thing that ever happened. Well, actually QuickBooks, but this advice is really important. I, I always say that because I mean, maybe you don't have the fine, you know, like the finances to hire somebody to, to guide your business. But then if you organize the way you use your cash flow, you're going to succeed. And that was something my business um, didn't have when I started my company. Um, I started my kitchen table. And, you know, within months, it just grew and grew and grew and I couldn't catch up. Okay. I couldn't catch up. That's how much money I was making. And I was just running with the flow, but I was, I was like, okay, I'm going to charge this up. I got money in the bank, but no, if you don't organize that cash flow, you're going to end up making a lot of bad mistakes. And that's one thing that I always say to people, 
you have to take care of your business and you have to look at your business like you're going to the doctor. You go get an exam, right? And you go get tested for everything. You, it needs a little tune-up. Your business needs a tune-up too. And that's, you know, talking to someone, you know, that made millions, lost millions, made them right back up, um, finding, having your finances put together and saving is very, very important for you. And that's something that I didn't have. And that's what I advise everyone. I don't care if you have $10 that you're starting, you got to think of how you're going to balance that uh, checkbook in QuickBooks. That's great advice. And you'll laugh. I've had a salon for 30 years and now I have this education business for four years. Still don't use QuickBooks, still avoid my numbers. I am in a workshop with a dear friend of mine who is helping hairstylists with their financials. And she laughs at me all the time because as soon as you know, we're in a session and, and the spreadsheets come out or the charts come out and all of that kind of organization. I start sweating and getting really uncomfortable and she just keeps laughing at me. But I, to your point about the passion and not, not thinking about the money, that has been the key to my success is not getting so caught up in the being driven by the numbers, I think would stress me out and I would come across less authentic in what I'm trying to do. So I've been blessed where the passion has trumped the financial um, education of understanding the numbers. And I just hand everything to my husband and we joke all the time. I'm like, dude, you could have another wife and kids in another state and you could totally take me for every dime that I have because I just don't even want to look at it. And it's ter- it's bad. I mean, I'm the first to admit it's a really bad thing that I do, but I get so off track when it comes down to dollars and cents because I wouldn't be able to do what I do if I really thought about how much value I offer versus what I charge for what I do. Um, I think it would distract me from, from the task at hand, but I get it. I get when you get into those numbers and you're, you have employees and all of that, it's like the numbers have to be the driving force and you have to be super organized. Um, but it, it makes me, that's, I, I do pay people to do that, but you're always taking that risk, right? You know, even when it's your own spouse or if it's a financial advisor, you don't know what they're really doing with your numbers. And and that's a real trust fall. So it should be you and that person together handling the numbers is definitely the ideal. 100%. Everyone needs to know their numbers. I mean, I've, you know, I, 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 I've had uh, my husband, you know, he's had major heart surgery in the past and, um, you know, he was doing all the bills, he was doing all of the the stuff. And when you realize, you know, you need help, you have to learn what if something happens to your husband? Or what if, you know, you don't know, you have to educate yourself, you need to know everything. It's scary. You have to, you have to learn how to balance both things. Even though the passion's here, I don't like the numbers. I hate the numbers. They make me sweat. But you have to learn everything because what happens if your husband's not there tomorrow or you're all alone? You got to do it. Yeah. So we, uh, you're like, you're like uh. I know the, the course that we're doing, she sent us two big fat binders of all the homework that we have to put in there. And one of the binders is key because it's, 
where is, if you have a safety deposit box, where is it? Where's the key? What's the code? Like all those passwords, him and I don't know each other's passwords for all of our things. So she said, you know, God forbid, you don't even know where your will is. You don't know where this is, that is. So we are working on that and it's making, that's probably why I'm in this weird mood because I'm, I'm looking at things that I don't like to look at. <laughs> There's your <Right>. binder. <laughs> Get yourself a binder, okay? And organize yourself. You can put little things on has it all in their screen, your customers, your will, your bank, your everything, and put it in the safe. And there is directions on everything that you need to do, and you need to follow them. Every woman, and I see it because my mom, you know, my mother-in-law, they all depend on their husbands. And I always tell them, what, what if something happens? You've got to do it, guys. Pay attention to everything around you. You trust them, but what if? That's both, all. Both people should know for sure. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's like, you know, everybody has their superpower. That has never, ever been mine. You know, people, we would go out to dinner and people would talk about income and raises and this and that. And they would say, how are you doing? I'm like, you know what? I can, I can come out to dinner and I was able to order the lobster and um, I can have dessert and I know that I'm okay. And all my bills are getting paid. So I'm happy. You know, it was never about like that certain number, um, driving me how I've gotten driven and more addicted is when I'm saving for something that's a goal. And that's also part of this program. She's like, I want you to have a $5,000 goal, name something that's going to cost $5,000. That's a goal. And then she breaks down how to achieve that goal. So when, when it's put that way, more of like a competitive, like competing with yourself kind of thing that I can wrap myself around and get more excited about rather than that's, yeah, that's easy to put in QuickBooks. Yeah, seriously. And you'll get little notes every day on everything. Could be things that if you have a stock market, your investments every day, you get a little alert with something that is not going right or something that's going super right. So download it. I'm telling you guys, you'll I thank will. me later. <laughs> um, something we talked about too is that, you know, COVID has shook all of us, especially the salon industry. And I think- I'm speaking for myself, but I think a lot of hairstylists are like me where, you know, you're getting those tips, you're having great weeks, you're like, everything's great, you're busy, everything's all good, all the bills are paid, and you're not thinking about that rainy day fund or that emergency fund and being such a physical career it's a matter of a ski injury or a carpal tunnel, or right now I have a torn rotator cuff. I couldn't have predicted that. If I was still behind the chair, I would be in big trouble because I, can, I can't move my arm all the way around. So having that emergency, at least three months of liquid money that you can get to is critical. And I think if we, if you and I did a poll, if we jumped on a Facebook Live and did a poll, I think maybe, 10% of the people taking the poll would say that they can go three months with no income. And that's really scary given it's such a physical job. It is, you know, it, it's, it's funny because, um, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a wholesaler, right? I do sell to wholesalers and retailers. And when COVID started, I'll be really honest with you. I felt like I was going to go bankrupt, you know, my business completely stopped my, um, my, you know, none of my customers were buying, everybody was in lockdown. And, you know, I, 
I was looking at my e-commerce website and I had said to myself, what do I have here that is not about selling, how I could connect to people, right? And I created a, you know, I, I saw that something I wasn't connecting, I, I created a podcast, you know, and honestly, it took me 24 hours to like research it, I put it together and I started calling um, business owners and stylists and influencers. And I said, you know what, I wanna hear all about your troubles. And I started putting it on my e-commerce website, right? And we started, helping people, you know, through those kind of conversations. And it really, really ended up um, turning things around. And I ended up learning um, that it's really, really important for a hairdresser, because my mom still owns a salon, you guys need to have a plan B. Okay, what if this happens again? What if this happens again? What are you going to do? All right, you don't, you have three months that you save. Maybe you don't have three months because honestly, being on, on the board, I get to meet a lot of, you know, hairdressers that are not living, they're living paycheck to paycheck, right? And I help a lot of those. So I, and I, I always say, you know, what happens if this happens again? So I always recommend, like, you have to think outside the box and you have to adapt really fast to situations. And I learned, you know, in 2016, I was on top of the world. I felt like a superstar. And at 2017, I nearly lost my business. Mm. Borderline bankruptcy, did a bad business deal. And I ended up um, deciding not to go through bankruptcy. And I readjusted my whole entire business. I got rid of my warehouse. I got rid of my, my car. I, I had to get rid of my valuable employees and I had to start all over. Yeah. And I looked at my, my website, you know, pingpewter.com. And I said, how am I going to make this stronger, right? How can I do this? And honestly, it took me two and a half years to um, perfect my, my, my website. And obviously to, two, three years to get back on track, door to door, calling customers, fighting for my life, for my family, um, you know, and I'm, I was the only one working, right? And um, I ended up learning a lot through that failure. And it made me so much stronger during this pandemic that I got to be able to help people because I've already failed mm. and I made it, right? So COVID, you know, came up and, and, and yes, COVID is horrible, but a lot of people not having the business open felt very depressed. And I turned like a negative into a positive. And I, like I said, I got the podcast, started helping people, started donating. And I started teaching people how to build an e-commerce site and how to partner with brands to become affiliates so they could have income for their salon during they close. So plan B, okay, plan B now is what happens if, if this happens again? A lot of hairdressers now know that if they close that salon, they have an e-commerce website that I've taught them and I've taught them how to build it. And they get to sell products on there. They get to sell education. They get to um, do blogs on there. They get to do uh, a whole bunch of different things and it's all over. So the door closes in the salon, right? They make, I don't know what they make, you know, everyone's different. E-commerce website has a different revenue 
that they're actually making the same of what they're doing in the salon with the other salon clothes. You know what I mean? So you have to have a plan B all the time. And like I said, adapt to situations and always have a side hustle. And I call an e-commerce website a side hustle because it's a second income for you, right? So do that. Learn how to create and having a Shopify, you know, like an e-commerce website with Shopify is very inexpensive. How does it work with the brands though? I feel like the Ulta's um, that pop up all over the place. The reason that they put salons in is because of the whole, you have to be a salon to sell professional products. How do you get around that with an e-commerce website? Is it certain brands allow that and it doesn't matter or is everything? Certain, certain brands um, partner up with um, hairdressers and they get to sell products and collect a commission off of that, right? You're, you know, it, you, you always say there's a, there are more hair salons then there are Ulta's, okay, just saying. And I always say, um, people are scared, oh, I can't have that brand because it's sold here. You have that customer in your chair, all right? They're, and you build that relationship, they're gonna end up buying from you before they buy somewhere else. So you just have to be very, have that kind of relationship with your people and they're gonna buy on e on, online or they're gonna buy directly with you but definitely to sell products you have to have a you know certain companies that do that and certain don't but I'm going to say probably 70% of them do end up partnering up with hairdressers okay so don't be scared of the the bigger brands what do they you know what is it going to happen if you don't try you're not going to know right right very true what do you see the change being as a result of all of this and going into what we now talk about as the new normal, the salon industry has changed so much. If you were just getting into the industry now, what would you start to put into place to be ready five years from now for even more change and even more um, adaptability to you know the current landscape of our industry? So I would definitely, like I said, you need an e-commerce website. That's never going to close on you, okay? You have to build it, and if it and, and if you build it now, by the time it is five years, it's going to be super powerful, okay? So, um, that that's what I recommend. And you know, obviously, um, I, I my mom has a salon, and you know, she was closed for three months, and um, you know, she did end up getting the PPP loan, which that ended up helping her. But the minute she gave back to the salon. I was very shocked on how much business she was getting. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, said it's it's like some people are scared. Maybe it's the area. But in her salon, um, it's always busy. And people wait in the car with color in their hair. And, you know, you had a certain amount of people. And it's, you know, I get, it's that relationship that you build with your audience. They're going to want to see you and want to be there. So I always, I'm really big at marketing. You've got to market your salon. You've got to market yourself. You are the brand. The new norm is you are the brand. People are coming for you. Yeah, you have a salon, you work at a salon. That is a brand, but you yourself are a brand also. So you need to think different. You need to think bigger and you need to think wiser. What, where do I want to see myself in the next five years? Do I still, you know, I, do I want to grow my salon? Do I want to grow myself in the chair? You got to market yourself. 
a lot. And I could give you a list of people that you should follow and definitely like say, wow, if this hairdresser could do it, I could too. You just have to work your ass off, period. I always say that. And I'm not afraid to say bad words because the truth is if you don't work hard, you ain't going to get to the next level. I build displays. I do plumbing. I paint. I, I help in the warehouse. I do all the dirty work. I am no better than anyone else. I grow with everyone and you got to be humble and know how to work and not be afraid of working even harder. So I work seven days a week and nonstop. And I have a lot of businesses. Ping Peter is not my only business, but the reason they're all successful is because I'm very organized and I work my ass off. And I love that you said that because there's this new wave of the, um, the generation of everyone gets a trophy and we don't keep scoring the basketball game anymore. And I see these young stylists in these conversations on forums showing, you know, with the names blurred out a text that came from a client saying, I'm really not happy with my color and, you know, I'm disappointed or whatever. And every answer is an immediate knee jerk, fire her, kick her, throw her out of your salon. You didn't charge her enough. She should be lucky. And I'm like, the hair was not right. Like I could see in the picture that the woman did not get what she wanted. And not one person tells the stylist that she was wrong. It's all the client was wrong. Fire her, get rid of her. And I'm thinking, I mean, I know I've been doing this a really long time, so it's different generationally, but I'm thinking I'm with you. Like I'm from the work your ass off, put the time in, do what's right. You know, customer's still always right. Um, but now there's this new generation of, you know, have two clients a day instead of 10 clients a day and charge $1,000 a client. And who cares if they come back or not? I'm having a really rough time with that. Um, it's really starting to get to me. And I don't know why. I don't know why I'm being triggered by it because it really has nothing to do with me. But I just feel like, you know, it, the same people that are doing those things are also the same ones saying, how do I get more people in my chair? That's kind of like you're scaring them away and you're you have to constantly keep refilling that bucket instead of nurturing the bucket that you already have and keeping the ones that are already there. So it's, it's I don't know, maybe it's uh Don't let it bother you. That's their business, not yours. You grow you and they'll grow themselves. Don't let that bother you. I always say, you know, that's their opportunity. Maybe later, it's not gonna blossom like they think it's blossoming. At the end of the day, you know, just do what you do right and that's it. Don't let that irk you. Keep on going and just brush it off. And uh, I don't know, I, I get where you're at and um, there's, there's no way that you could guide them because they're not asking. So that's their business. So just go, go, go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's actually great advice because when I do have that weak moment where I answer as my, you know, someone who's done it for 34 years and I, I really come from a place of love and trying to help. And, you know, they will ask, you know, what do you think of blah, blah, blah. And I'll say what I think. And it becomes this battle 
of, well, that, that's not what I would do. And then I'm like, well, then why did you ask? You know, and then I get mad at myself for answering, but that's who I am. I'm a hair color educator. I live, breathe, same as you, seven days, all day, every day I'm on. And I really do want to help people. And it's, it's very discouraging when, when your advice comes across as um, being, you know, condescending or thinking that, you know, everything, it's just life comes with experience. As you know, you went through those ups and downs of your business and you're trying to help people. You're trying to help me with QuickBooks. You're trying to help people set up a Shopify account. It's the same thing with me and hair color advice. And I think how sad that I really have to stop answering. I'll answer on my own page because people are there to, to get my advice, but I stopped answering on other pages because I end up getting really getting my feelings hurt um, by the, the, by the response. And I'm just like, Oh, is this what my grandmom and my aunts felt like when they tried to give me advice when I was younger? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, I used to let things bother me back in the day and I learned how to create a callus around my heart when it comes to those kind of things. And if you feel like you need to say it, don't regret what you say. Okay. Don't regret what you say. You have to speak how you feel. And if you get, you know, called out that this, to say, that's how I feel and just stand your ground. And that's, you know, that's what you believe in. And I, I am a proven fact that I am, what you see is what you get. And I will speak my mind and I will, you know, when I'll apologize when I know I'm wrong, but when I feel that my gut is right, I always trust it. So if your, your gut tells you you're right, don't let that bother you. That's all right. Very true. Because there's always going to be noise. I think that um, social media is important, but also a big distraction. You know, sometimes I'll see stylists, they'll start to go in the direction of you know, what I'm doing to Mariah today is I'm applying a liquid acidic demi color to her regret. And I'm like, is your Instagram for you to find new clients or are you trying to teach other stylists? Because everybody's watching everyone else, right? So instead of saying, look at this beautiful before and after that this client got in only an hour on her lunch break, that would be more talking to the client. They start going into a tutorial and hashtag behind the chair, hashtag one shot, hashtag. So it's like this whole, they don't even know what they're trying to do with their account. Um, and I just think it can be really exhausting. I got a good one for everybody. You guys are ready for this? Um, I always get asked, you know, about my social media and how I do all these things and, you know, how I create and I edit all the, the posts that I do. Cause I do all of my, my, my channels. And I actually, um, have a lot of channels where I market it and I don't look at those channels. I don't look at TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Pinterest for likes, for follows at all. Okay, guys, I don't. I look at them so they could drive my posts, better drive money to my e-commerce website. So you guys have to think different on how you, you end up posting. When you do a post, you have to think really strong. Is this post going to bring me new clients? Is this post going to bring me more money? That's what you got to do. 
not this hairdresser is going to learn from me and I'm going to get a like, or I'm going to, you know, tag this person so they could do, you got to be strategic. You want a brand to recognize you? Do you want more customers? Do you want a successful salon? Do you want this? You want that? Not a like or a follow guys. You don't need that. You need to make money. Social media is all about how to get to the next level, right? You got to focus on how is this channel going to bring more business and it's free. It's free. So no likes, guys, no follows. How's it going to make you money? That's how I think. Definitely. I remember the days starting out you know, of course we, there wasn't even a computer in existence and to get new clients, you really had to get good at asking your clients for referrals or, you know, you would get, we would head out on a Saturday night with a t-shirt with the name of the salon, or we would do giveaways and give, you know, certificates for haircuts at fashion shows and do the hair for fashion shows. There was a lot of legwork involved Um, So I think it is much easier now when you are focused and you do understand what your intention is behind each post. Um, Like you're saying, not just, you know, here's my lunch and here's my outfit for today. Um, There's one, one person in particular that pops into my mind. She's a new salon owner and her post comes across my feed almost every day. And it's whatever she's wearing and her morning coffee every single day. And I'm thinking, I don't know, is this getting caught? Maybe it's working for her or maybe she just really likes sharing what she's wearing and where she got her coffee from because I just don't see that driving her business. Um, but again, none of my business. Um, it's just, you know, I'm one of those people that's interested in other people like you are. And I like helping other people and, and I like to be able to see what's working and what's not working. Um, but it's just, wow. I mean, talk about a decade of change, you know, the change between, the commission model to then the chair rental to now the, the solo suite. Um, everything is so different and just ever, ever evolving and ever changing. So that's great advice with having your own um, e-commerce because then you don't have to worry about where you are or what you're doing. At least you have that, that stream of income um, on your And own. you don't have to depend on no one but yourself. Yeah, I see a lot of salon owners are getting a little confused with the different compensation models. They'll talk about a situation as if it's a commission employee. You know, they'll say, oh, my stylist, you know, she wants to sell this other product and it's not what we sell in the salon. And I'm like, is she a stylist? Is she an employee or is she a renter? You know, you can't tell her what to wear, what time to show up and what products to sell if she's renting from you. So there's a lot of blurring of the lines and a lot of confusion. Um, and again, I think COVID is kind of shaking all of that out and it's, it's creating lots of waves um, in the industry. So And that, that's going to be your job to tell them how to organize themselves because a lot of people know, uh, hairstylists are entrepreneurs. They know how to make a shit ton of money, but they don't know how to organize their finances. Trust me, I've been in the beauty industry a long time. I have hundreds of hairdresser friends and everybody needs that education of how to finance your business and how to budget. And uh, that's your job, how to teach them how to organize, right? Absolutely, 100%. 
So tell people where they can find your fabulous book and how they can uh, stay in touch with you. What's the best uh-huh. way? reach out. All right, guys, you guys could follow me on Pink Pewter or Mariah underscore Villareal underscore. Um, you could buy my book on pinkpewter.com and uh, you'll see product tools, cosmetics, and accessories. So pinkpewter.com. And thank you for having me, Elaine. It, you are so awesome. Congratulations on all your accomplishments. Thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure. And I know that we'll be crossing paths much more in the future. I'm proud of all that you've done. I'm like I said, I'm enjoying this book. I'm trying to like make it last now. I'm trying not to binge through it because it's my little treat. When I go to bed at night, I read a chapter each night. So I'm almost I'm, I'm on my I'm I'm on my number two now. Oh, good for you. <laughs> awesome. That's so exciting. Yeah. What's it about? This is a totally different it's all this it's business all of it so um just taking it you know more experienced details that i'm going to be doing so it's really cool i love it i'm i'm excited to share it but it'll probably be next year or something or the end of this year to be continued i love it i will be ready and waiting uh, to read it as soon as it's out thank thank you. you so much thank you everyone for listening make sure you reach out to mariah and stay in touch and we will see you on the next one all right thank you for listening to the ask the color expert podcast please subscribe and be sure to leave a review for more information on hair color education please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.